Whether you're interested in or you yourself own Bitcoin, Ethereum, Dogecoin, XRP or the like, there's no denying it, cryptocurrency is here to stay. Right now, this crypto space is taking off like a rocket ship. The blockchain is no longer a fairy tale, but a technology that has the legs to revolutionize the financial system that will forever change the world. But with so many types of cryptocurrencies out there, are we going to eventually just see a saturated, decentralized and unregulated marketplace of altcoins and fiat money? Or is there going to be something that unifies or at least stands out and lead the way in bringing the crypto market to the masses in a fast, scalable, secure and decentralized way? Today, my conversation is with Li Jiang. He's a COO of Harmony a Silicon Valley startup building a next generation blockchain and protocol to help bring together and help bridge the gap between other crypto assets and potentially solve the elusive blockchain trilemma. And that's being fast, scalable, and secure. This was a conversation with amazing insights and some great knowledge bombs imparted by Lee. And remember, if you like these episodes, don't forget to subscribe, share, and like this podcast. So with that, I hope you enjoy my conversation with Li Jiang. And we're live. Uh, Li, thank you so much for joining the podcast. I appreciate you coming on. Hey, Barry. Thanks for having us. Uh, look, man, I, I think for the most part, I, uh, I've been wanting to speak to, to you and, and Stephen for quite some time now. And I think uh, a lot of the audience are interested about what you guys are up to at Harmony. And I think, you know, before we sort of get into the story of Harmony and what it's all about, I, I want to sort of learn about you. And I think a lot of people want to learn about the story of the other of founders and, and also the, the people that I interview, because it's always fascinating uh, to hear about how all of this unfolded. So uh, based on your history, it seems like you were the... F- probably the first investor in Harmony, is that right? Yes, that's correct. I was uh, one of the first investors in Harmony and we actually started out as really just a group of founders in Silicon Valley meeting up every week to talk about our ideas. And originally the group was thinking about different ideas, right? Machine learning, blockchain came into the picture around uh, 2017 of course we had known about it but really learning that it was a technology that could scale to uh, something that would impact billions of people and so we started talking about that and of course that's how i met steven the founder of harmony and and many other collaborators through that group Um, so i've been living in silicon valley i guess now for nine years and so uh you know it's definitely been a very interesting journey met a lot of cool people through the whole process when you uh when you met steven did you were you sort of thinking along the same lines of him i know that you know bitcoin and sort of crypto and what have you has slowly but surely sort of taken taken lift off and i know that with harmony it's you know you've probably been around for a few years now but what was the thought process like when you guys got together um you know the group of you you know, what were you thinking? How, how is this going to be? What was the roadmap going to look like for you guys, um, you, know, you know, over the next five to 10 years? Yeah, so I think in a lot of ways, the original vision um, has really stayed true. 
meaning that we were excited about blockchain because uh, it is an open and permissionless way for you know people to participate in the economy, in finance, in open finance. And that was really, that was the idea. So we had all come from working at, whether it was Google, Apple, um, even Amazon, lots of these tech companies that had uh, been platforms for hundreds of millions of people. Um, but, you know, there there is this uh, new era where blockchain can enable everyone, basically, right? The original um, statement that we set out is open consensus for 10 billion people. And that's still really possible for this whole industry is it allows anyone to, uh, you know, build on, on uh, blockchain itself. And so that's, that's stayed true with us. Uh, Of course, you know, it's taking obviously a long time to build that vision, right? If to get adoption, to get people to even wrap their minds around what this all means uh, and what it can do for them. Did you have any, you know, before all this kicked off, did you have any idea about, you know, were you into that sort of world of crypto or were you completely separated from it? Um, what was your history before Harmony? There's actually a long history. So, you know, my my roommate, uh, being in Silicon Valley, he, t- he was an engineer uh, back in 2012 and he told me that there's this thing called Bitcoin and I was like, okay, this is interesting. Um, and then 2013 came around and I had to a few demo days where there were startups pitching. And that was one of the first waves. Um, in fact, there was a New York Times article, uh, maybe it was front page by, I think, Mark Andreessen at the time talking about how uh, Bitcoin was going to eat the world. Maybe not those exact words, but uh, something, you know, he had written, they had written software was going to eat the world in 2011. So 2013 comes around, Bitcoin, Bitcoin's going to eat the world. And it had uh, its moment. And I think that's when um, I went to a demo day. And I, I'm pretty sure, I, although I can't remember exactly, I'm pretty sure I saw Coinbase demo as a startup, right? As wow. like a five-person five person startup, or maybe it was just the founder uh, at that time. And then I remember uh, tw- early 2014, I had a friend who was living in a co-working space, a hacker house in San Francisco. And he invited me to go see this talk uh, by some guy named Vitalik about this thing called Ethereum. So, uh, and, and you know, it's, it's so interesting because um, I don't have a strong recollection from that time, right? It's, it always takes so much, you know, in retrospect, because there's, there's always so many startups happening and, and lots of new ideas that um, it wasn't necessarily obvious to me at the time, but of course you can see that like, as it progressed, as the networks built up, that the speed in which decentralized networks can innovate it's much faster than the traditional tech world the traditional finance world so um i had been just kind of exposed to all that just by living here uh which was really lucky and um finally got a chance to met meet with uh, meet steven through actually one of my events in the bay area again just happenstance and then we got together every week uh, he had been running this uh, group of former Googlers and other entrepreneurs that got together every week. Um, and, you know, that's really what spawned the idea. It's the social energy that actually gave life to, to the idea, um, not just of Harmony, but of all of us getting into blockchain, actually. Yeah, I think blockchain and 
I think crypto and, and sort of that community is very different from other communities that I've been involved in. I think there are a lot of startups that pop up every day and they probably meet and forge in the same way uh, to what you just described, meeting people at meetups or knowing people who know people. But I found that just speaking to a lot of people involved in, you know, whether it be Bitcoin or Ethereum or any sort of, um, you know, blockchain or crypto uh, uh, project, I think there's a very strong community and people know each other. And because it's very tight knit, I think you can make very, very strong connections in that way. And especially in Silicon Valley, um, you know, the community is growing uh, exponentially every year. And it's great to hear that something as something like crypto, even though it has no tangibility in a sense, something that brings people together um, in such a really magical way that allows you to discuss and debate and really talk about um, the future of such a very important technology. And I guess that sort of leads me on to my next question in terms of your background and sort of coming into um, Harmony and this whole world. I mean, you have a bit of a financial background yourself. Um, you know, what did that really help in a way to give you better insight into what this technology was? I hear, I, I know that there's a lot of my friends who are not really, um, I guess, affiliated with finance in any way, and they want to understand more about Bitcoin, but it becomes a bit of an esoteric subject. So for you specifically, how did that unfold for you, you know, coming from a financial Wall Street background and then sort of getting into the, the blockchain crypto world? Yeah. So I, I'll start off by saying that I was not technical at all. I didn't understand the the technical layer. And if I can come, if I can get into crypto, I think anyone can actually. So I would encourage any anyone who's interested to uh, really probably just get through the early learning curve. There will be some steep learning curve, and once you, once you're past that, you know it's really interesting. Um, and as you mentioned before, right the community is very global. The community is 24 seven on whether it's on Twitter or Reddit or other places. And uh, the discussions are really interesting because you can, a lot of, um, one of the themes for us this year is interoperability, is building harmony with the Ethereum bridge, with bridge to Binance, Bitcoin, other ecosystems that really allow us to, you know, uh, let innovation happen at, at a speed that you cannot even imagine in traditional companies, right? Because the traditional tech companies, they don't they don't talk to each other. They don't uh, operate. Their systems don't operate with each other as much. So um, and so the the community is completely open. You can you know deploy apps on multiple chains, multiple ecosystems. So we think that interoperability is going to be um, is going to be de facto happening uh, this year. Um, but to your original question of how to how I got into crypto, I mean it was really the the strong social bonds of, you know, having this group of people. And I was lucky because it was in person, but as I said, like the global community, the digital community is there to support anyone who wants to get into the space. And um, there are a lot more people coming, right? So we are sort of past the very early adopters and um, what's called the, I think they call it the early majority, 
basically on the adoption curve and people are starting that that group is starting to come in and then of course the you know the the mass adoption is just on the horizon actually i think and that's the really exciting bit of it i think more and more and you know you hear just on the news you know this is really big stuff and it's going to change how we interact with each other and not just on a on a financial level but the endless applications of the blockchain for everyone and i think it's always good to know that you know when something like this gets traction i mean it becomes uh you know it gets that momentum and then everyone starts to really piggyback on that bandwagon and for good or bad um but i think for the most part it's always important to make sure that technologies like this uh, make it to the and make it to the surface and people understand at least on the very high level about the power of that technology and if they want to continue to investigate and in and learn more about blockchain i think it should be up to them to to read upon it and do their own due diligence um, much like yourself when you sort of got into this space everyone is always questioning and trying to figure out you know is this going to actually work and so you know you mentioned the whole point about you know meeting um, Coinbase back back at uh, YC or what have you, and uh, just to know where they are now, and their recent IPO is just just insane. Yeah, and um, one of the one of the interesting ways, as you mentioned, right, how to apply crypto this year is uh, the idea of decentralized autonomous organizations, right? So it's not just not just financial transactions, but the way we organize and coordinate actions and decentralized autonomous organization which is a DAO, um, is actually being, you know, formed at a rate that's, that's very quick that's happening right before our eyes. And it allows so many ways of experimenting for people to coordinate uh, action and they're incentivized, right. To, uh, you know, uh, do things together in a way that makes the world better or makes their communities better. And you'll start to see, I think, uh, many of these DAOs um, being formed and a scaling in the next one year. So, if I had to say that, you know, some something big that is happening that people should be watching out for, uh, that's one of the ideas. Yeah, I definitely want to get into more of that. And it's always uh, so interesting to hear about the different types of technologies each, I guess, I don't know, quote unquote, competitor is working on. Because it is sad. It is. It's a. It's a very robust marketplace right now. There's a lot of players, and so I want to know for one, and as well as as well as the audience is, you know, what are you guys are up to? I know um, Harmony has been making waves so far in the crypto community. So for those who don't know what Harmony is, um, why don't you give maybe a, a few minute uh, quick spiel on what it is, um, what you're building. And most importantly, why why do you need to build this? Why is it so important um, right now? Yeah. So Harmony is really born from seeing some of the challenges that we saw at, at that time uh, during its founding, which was blockchain needs to scale in terms of both its uh, speed and, and lower costs in order for much larger applications, global applications. So it's really uh, improving the entire infrastructure layer for decentralized applications. And 
Um, over time, we've done that by launching you know, our mainnet, our open staking for proof of stake system. And today, right, some of the features that you can look forward to is uh, the, the protocol is very quick. Transactions will settle in two seconds. Uh, which means that if I were to, you know, process, if I were to send you uh, some tokens or do any type of transaction uh, in two seconds, it will be finalized and, and you'll be able to see the results. And the fees are incredibly low uh, today with at less than one cent. So, and um, the idea is that we would, you know, we are helping, uh, for example, Ethereum applications scale if they're running into certain bottlenecks with costs and speed on the Ethereum network. The same is uh, true with uh, Binance Smart Chain, helping those applications. And now that uh, we have built bridges where you can easily bring assets from Ethereum, bring assets from Binance Smart Chain onto Harmony, it's, it makes it easier for uh, those applications to you know, interoperably work with uh, the Harmony protocol. So you can think of us as a scaling layer one solution, but also in some ways supporting, you know, Ethereum uh, and supporting the Binance Smart Chain applications. So is it really like a sort of a, a cross-chain financial or cross-chain um, layer where you're able to form these bridges to other assets, if you will? And, you know, for example, the Ethereum bridge um, being able to utilize a lot of their features and really harmonize that onto um you know your what you're building at the moment so you know it sounds like there's a lot of value there and you mentioned earlier about you know the cost in the transaction the speed in the transaction uh, which is very important especially when you want to scale and so can you just quickly provide a few thoughts on um what that means for something like harmony and how it competes and probably you know how does it perform in terms of other uh, chains out there because i get the sense that one of the biggest challenges here in terms of uh, making sure that something like this does is, is available to the masses and can be used by pretty much anyone is the scalability aspect of it so do you want to just shed some light on how that works yeah, so we've designed our protocol to be um, scalable, secure, and decentralized with external validators. And um, as you mentioned before, right, we are we serve as a hub by having a Ethereum bridge, a Binance Smart Chain bridge, and soon uh, Bitcoin bridge and other bridges to other ecosystems. You can uh, ideally use um, access DeFi on all the major ecosystems without necessarily needing to go to each one of them. Um, there could be uh, something like a wallet or a portal in which you can, um, that runs on the Harmony protocol, but because we have these bridges, you can access all the DeFi products without necessarily uh, figuring out, creating a different wallet for each chain. And so that's one of the you know, value propositions of being a hub and being interoperable. As far as scale and speed, that is very important to, uh, end users, right? Right now we're in all of blockchain, we're talking about 1 million DeFi users, right? That's a tiny number compared to what the world uh, can can see and, and how big the open economy can be. And so um, a lot of people currently are priced out of 
um, DeFi or priced out of using blockchain because when they start, they they have to pay a hundred dollar transaction fee. Okay, that's a that's a non-starter for I don't know what percent of the world, maybe ninety eight percent of the world um, couldn't even start today, and so that problem really needs to be solved uh, technically, and our, our team is one of the teams solving it. But as far as you know, competition, I think it's still so early. The, you know, we are not necessarily uh, competing. Of course, we have to be fast and affordable and easy to use, but we are all trying to expand the market to be, you know, 10, 100 times larger than it is today. Uh, so just to give a just to give an interesting stat, I, I saw that the top 100 DeFi protocols today is worth less than, you know, one of the largest, one of the large banks in the world, right? And you ask me 10 years from now, that's not going to be the case. <laughs> These things are going to really grow and, and be uh, used by a lot more people. Yeah, I think that's really one of the, the coolest things is the fact that the market cap, I suppose, is fairly relatively minute right now. And But then, you know, as you start to see all of these things exponentially grow, um, it's going to outvalue um, a lot of the financial institutions and corporations out there by, you know, orders of magnitude. And I think that's just because of the sheer interest and people are just really, really getting into it and they believe in it as well. And I think that's the one of the philosophical things about crypto is that there's, there's, it's more of like a religion because, you know, when you speak to people who Bitcoin, they like, who love Bitcoin, they really, really adore it and they will put it on a pedestal and they'll try to defend it to their heart's content. And then there's people like people who are behind Ethereum and, and people, folks are behind Harmony and what have you. And so it sounds like there's, a, you know, this very strong tight-knit community. It's also like a religion and there's a lot of philosophy behind this as well. And so, you know, when it comes to Harmony and trying to consolidate and being able to extend olive branches, if you will, to other uh, types of cryptocurrencies and forming these bridges, I think that's really important. And I think for um, for a lot of people out there, it's going to be add, provide a lot of value as well. So in terms of providing additional value and, and obviously making you guys scale and, and what have you, you know, we all talk about the, that. I think we call it the tri trilemma. Um, do you want to provide just, just some context about what the trilemma is all about so people can understand you know, what are the real challenges in, in doing something like this? Yeah, so the trilemma is a common problem uh, facing blockchain where you you have to uh, try to improve the security, the scalability, and the decentralization of the protocol. And it's not always easy. There's some projects that focus, that are very fast, very performant, high performance, um, but they're not very decentralized, meaning they only have a small number of node operators that can easily coordinate. Uh, and so they don't have that problem. There are others that are much slower, but they're very decentralized. But the problem you run into is when you have so many actors um, and so many people to coordinate with, progress is much slower and upgrades much slower. And so we think of the trilemma not as like you have to pick trade-offs but to expand the entire triangle right all three points um, and 
that's the way uh, the technical architecture is developed with uh, sharding and proof of stake where you can scale linearly as you have more nodes join the network, you can put them in different shards and you know you can have any number of uh, shards on the network. So we really designed the system from the ground up um, to be scalable over time as more people join the network. And really it's, uh, it's actually based a lot upon you know, some of the things that Ethereum 2.0 has been talking about. And it's been discussed uh, for a long time. It's just that we, you know, we were able to uh, build the protocol from scratch with this design, whereas some of the older systems had legacy, you know, design choices. And so they have to change, which is not very easy. Um, and so that's the, that's the challenge that they're facing um, over time. And there are other protocols that make different trade-offs, right? Some are as I mentioned, more centralized to get more speed. Some are, you know, uh, making different trade-offs. Uh, but we really thought that we could, as uh, engineers and PhDs from, you know, some of the best companies, that we could not only think about the best architecture, but also the most important thing about Harmony is putting those uh, innovations into production and actually building them into the protocol itself. So that's always been our focus: is to is to ship, for a lack of a better word. It's just to deliver uh, the update, deliver the code, and make sure that it's working. And so we've gone through all the, I would say we were very ba battle tested. We, we launched mainnet for two years now, and it's gone through a lot of uh, you know real world testing, lots of applications built on it. Staking has been running for over a year uh, now. And so that's, that's uh, those are the things that like we're really focused on is to bring the best production, but uh, best research into production. A lot of um, people have been talking about the decentralization of that triangle quite a lot. And there's a lot of participants in the market um, who are trying to do that. But there's a lot of criticisms as well on what decentralized actually means. I know that uh, there's been a lot of criticism on Ripple for having a lot of influence on um, their protocol and XRP in, in particular. And a lot of um, people are saying that, you know, how can it be truly decentralized when there's a governing body that's influencing the protocol who's developed it and there's a community behind it, right? So what's your, I guess, your argument or your feedback to people who say that, well, you guys are a company, you're a your company, a Silicon Valley company, a startup, you guys are building this, um, there's funding, there's investment in your company, you know, who's to say that at some point in the future, you might have plans and those plans might conflict with the rest of what the community believes is right and, and there's a lot of conflict of interest. So how do you, um, how do you separate the decentralization um, from what you as a company are, are trying to achieve for the community? Yeah, I'm really glad you asked me this question. Um, and we have a lot of uh, updates on this front, which is, you know, the protocol itself today actually is not controlled by us, the company. It is, um, we don't have the uh, vetoing power to make changes to the protocol. It has to be done by the community. And so there's actually a, um, a process in which validators can uh, propose changes to the protocol 
the validators will vote. And if those votes are passed by the validator community based on their tokens that they've staked and the, the voting on, then those changes can be implemented by the team. And so that's that's the beginning, right? It's it's one of the first steps. In the future, there can be many uh, multiples of teams or people working on protocol changes. And as long as you know enough of the validators upgrade and accept those changes to the protocol, those can be done without any and they may be done without any input from uh, the original core team. And so the original core team's only duty is to uh, it's almost like we're we're launching this. We're like raising this uh, child, but at a certain age, the child needs to leave the house, and they'll do their they'll live their own life, you know, the way that they want. And so uh, we really see that as our job, right? Is to be the initial um, to kickstart the project. But uh, even at this point, the community will uh, propose. They'll vote on changes. They will make a lot of these decisions and they'll be making more decisions over time, um, including even, you know, how to, how to run marketing campaign, how to change the protocol, how to spend the treasury uh, and all these other um, things that hopefully, uh, yeah, you'll, you'll start to see that actually uh, very soon. I think that's uh, you know, that's interesting to, to see how these sort of projects evolve. Um, and for me, it's really rewarding to see such a strong you know feedback loop between the community and also the developers and, and the core team who've developed that and you know there's i think a lot of people will make an analogies to uh, you know linux and have that open source community of uh, but at the same time you know inevitably there'll probably be conflicts here and there and it's important to resolve those conflicts as as quickly and as, as smoothly as possible. But I think the the way that companies like yourself are, are like Harmony is doing is is interesting to see how that unfolds over time, um, especially as the community grows and grows. Um, people will have more voices to say about you know what that future uh, lies. So I guess the the thing I want to bring up now is about the future of Harmony and. And where do you see yourselves? Because as you mentioned before, you're kickstarting the project. But over time, do you see yourselves playing more of a lesser role? And you know, how does that tie in with the business model of Harmony in the sense that in terms of making revenue and becoming more of a for-profit company, you know, are there certain... Um, ways you're trying to um, maintain the network and you know make sure that you can use um, whatever means you have to make sure that that network can grow through financial means so do you maybe have a token yourself that you're issuing so how does that all work yeah yeah so we do have a token and um, but you know it's it's a very different than any traditional business that you can imagine right we're not here to necessarily uh there's no concept of making a profit it's it's an it's a open and decentralized network um that has a utility token in which the token is used for whether it's for staking for transaction costs for other utility to bring usage onto the platform and so um in the long run right the the 
well, even today, the, the network itself is very separate from the Harmony Foundation, which is only a small player in the entire network. We can, we can propose things, we can direct things, we can suggest, give ideas, but now there are applications being built on Harmony without sometimes, well, definitely without our permission and sometimes even without us knowing it um, and, and projects are being launched and that's the way it should be. Uh, it's just like, you know, no, no one knows what's going on on the internet. No one entity knows, right? And, th and that's the way it, it, it must be in the future, um, which is our job is to, as I mentioned, get the network uh, to be, you know, the best infrastructure for anyone to come and build decentralized applications, launch projects, launch their own tokens. Uh, and, and it's not for us to say what's good or what's bad even, uh, as long as, you know, people find it useful, uh, those projects can, can continue. Uh, and, and, and the really amazing thing now is that those projects are building their own community and they're doing their own governance and they're, you know, voting on their own changes and, and how to, how to, uh, do what, what they should be doing. So it's like, in some ways we created a planet and on top of the planet, there are countries being created and those countries each have their own way of doing things. And, you know, it's, it's great. And maybe within those countries, there are cities, there, there are regions and cities being built within those countries, sub subgroups. So it's just, yeah, it's just amazing to see. That's a, uh, that's a nice analogy to use. That's really crazy to think about. And I guess you're really, breaking the structure up in and layer by layer and there's so many you know there's so many entities within that and you know just to think about the possibilities and all the use cases that can come of it i think that's really exciting to hear about and for those who probably are not familiar with the crypto world or who are just starting to get into it i think you know it's something to look into and choosing whatever piece of asset or protocol is completely up to you. But, you know, I, I hope that maybe Harmony itself has plenty of very strong, you know, documentation and, and information about what, how you guys, uh, how, how you guys operate and work. And I feel like that's becoming more of a, a strength rather than a weakness for, for you guys and making sure that if some things can be easily read, um, and understood, then it's going to be more widely accepted. Is that one of the tenets of Harmony to make sure that, you know, when someone comes into this world of Harmony, they want to be able to absorb as much information as possible and then get off to the races as quickly as possible as well? Yeah, exactly. I think that's a really important point. Um, and the entire documentation and the, and the user onboarding, developer onboarding experience is something that's very important to us and we keep improving it. We know it's, uh, it's an area that we can do much better, uh, not just us, but I think in all of crypto, there's probably a lot of friction, to be honest, for so many people, right? There are people who are excited, interested, but as soon as you tell them you have to uh, keep your seed phrase or you, know, you have to do this action, you have to take these 12 steps before you can even start doing anything, that, that's a barrier. Um, and We've been working on uh, both making it easy for the community to learn, uh, whether it's like writing um, writing chatbots basically on Telegram that will give you all the information you need to start it, to start or to 
write much better documentation, um, and even to create new tools and apps that you can use where it's very easy to, let's say, stake, right? You don't need to uh, download a Chrome extension and put your tokens there. You can use one of our partner's wallets to stake instead, right? It's a few clicks. It's just like depositing into Robinhood or, or uh, you know, one of these apps and, uh, and off, uh, you're off and running. So that, that is something very uh, core to what we think about. And I know that this year, especially if you look at what, let's say, uh, Venmo is doing or what some of these other apps are doing, right? They're making it easier to onboard users. And that's, that's, where, that's where the whole world is going. Um, we, we cannot expect to grow crypto 10x by doing the same thing that we've been doing the last few years. Uh, and, and we really need to speak to a new audience. Do you, um, you know, I want to quickly go back to the sort of like the triangle and the trilemma because I think that's very important. And, you know, you mentioned that you wanted to, you know, extend both all the, all the edges out, you know, not at the cost or the opportunity cost of another one. So I assume obviously it's not, it's easier said than done. And there's a lot of challenges there. So in sort of your opinion and and sort of your purview of what's been happening at Harmony and all the amazing engineering that's been working behind the scenes, what are the sort of the biggest challenges that you're facing right now? And, you know, if there are challenges, how, how are you going to overcome those in the next couple of years? Yeah, I think um, one of the things that we always strive to get even better at is uh, open development and uh, even more decentralization, right? That's the challenge that many crypto projects face because in the beginning, it's always just maybe one person's idea or one team's idea. And you need to quickly turn that into uh, a much more broader base community led project. And so uh, we found really great uh, traction with um, Gitcoin, one of our partners, to do open development. We have many uh, technical bounties that are, we're launching every week, so that they, so that the entire community can participate and make improvements to the protocol. Because, you know, at the end of the day, like instead of having the power of ten developers or twenty developers, you you should be harnessing the power of a hundred thousand developers, and that's the that's the uh, beauty of this ecosystem, which is for the first time, right? We've created, the blockchain industry has created a way to incentivize uh, people anywhere to make uh, something better together in a coordinated effort, right? Um, it used to be that like, let's say you're a traditional tech company, you would have to hire all these hundreds of thousands of people to you know, make your product better and, and scale and grow. And now, uh, you don't necessarily need to hire them. You can coordinate through through on-chain incentives, right? Whether that's token or you know something similar to that, and and that's allowing this world, this entire industry, to uh, work at I would argue 10x the speed of any other existing industries. Yeah, I mean that's again that's really really exciting to hear about, and I know that for a lot of the people. Um, you know, they, they really want to see where this goes as well. And, uh, you know, a lot of people that I know are constantly asking me to sort of interview people like yourself just to 
really bring this sort of technology and bring whatever you guys are doing to the masses and it really paints a very clear picture hopefully about you know not just the applications but also you know the potential of such technologies to to help pe- help with their normal lives and i i think for the most part we'll be seeing a lot of more um blockchain more crypto um being introduced in our daily lives whether we like it or not and that's going to be for the better i hope and i, I feel like there's definitely a lot of applications uh on top of that and, and speaking of applications it's really about you know i really want to sort of close with you and think about the future of crypto you know right now we have you know nfts for example and that's like that's going insane um but i want to get your thoughts about that whole world of you know nfts smart contracts where do you see that going in the next five to ten years yeah yeah i think we can talk both about nfts and decentralized finance right they're two sides of the house maybe or two sides of the coin but um the the way i think about nft is is that it's a unique representation of your work and your effort let's say you can create this podcast this video itself today's podcast could be an nft that someone values so much that they would be willing to you know uh pay you directly uh for it and and you can verify it that this is uh created by you, um, you know, on this day at this time with an on-chain transaction uh, by minting this file, this audio file or video file as an NFT. And I think that uh, NFTs will take, uh, in some ways, take over every creation that anybody does on the internet, at least. Uh, and there's no reason why it, it, it should not or it cannot. So instead of thinking about you know creating your content for centralized companies or uh, uploading into a centralized platform uh, there will i think in the near future be very easy ways very smooth ways for any creator um, to create any type of content whether it's audio video uh, images into nfts and then go directly to the end user right and so, um, you know, we have one of these platforms on Harmony, it's called DaVinci, and there's already hundreds of artists creating thousands of items within one month. And so the, 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 I think there's definitely a lot of potential and there's basically no barriers. And that's what's allowing this to grow, right? And then on the, on the other end of the spectrum with decentralized finance, um, I guess my belief is that every asset uh, will be uh, will be uh, represented on chain as well. So whether that is, you know, your savings account, whether that's just transferring money to your uh, relatives in a different country, whether that is uh, a representation of the real estate that you own, of the home that you, or house that you own, uh, it's just a better technology, uh, technically speaking, than whatever current banking system use as their ledger of tracking whether you own this or that right and there's so many countries in the world in which that system just is not good there's no good property uh rights tracking in a lot of countries they they don't know if you own this piece of land or if the other person owns the piece of land and that's a crazy concept but you know if everything is put on chain um of course you have to work with the real world in some ways right regulatory and others uh 
but any asset that can any asset that exists today in the traditional world can be represented as a decentralized financial asset in in blockchain within even the next five years, let's say. So uh, I guess my answer to that is everything, everything <laughs> is the future. Yeah, I feel like I, you know, I agree. And yeah, we'll see where this goes. And it's, it's great to know that uh, companies like you are really pushing the envelope in uh, trying to optimize and innovate on such a uh, a bedrock of technology that can is is ripe for innovation. I think definitely it's it's really exciting to see Harmony uh, as well as a bunch of other chains. You know, just try to push it and see what can be achieved uh, with the technology in our hands. And um, you know, for for me in particular, I'm I'm really excited about how uh, this will um, transpire and and what those applications will mean. And so I guess my my sort of my last question to you is in terms of harmony um, and the future of it. You know, you mentioned before that you definitely want to see a lot of these assets um, be digitized, but also have traceability uh, as well. Um, you know, as someone who has come be coming from finance, who has been working in Silicon Valley, you know, what's your... Um, feedback and your message to to people who really want to um, get involved um, with Harmony? You know, what can they do? Um, how can they be involved in any way they can? Uh, because I think um, contributing to this type of technology is going to be, um, it's going to be very important for all of us. So what are your, what are your, what are your thoughts there? Yeah, for sure. We have um, actually a very large campaign to have open development. So if you're a developer, uh, you can work with us on building the core protocol. You can also work with us on launching apps uh, for you know for basically users. And it's just uh, it's just a new way, right? Let's say you're a mobile developer today. You you might have built for iOS and Android, but uh, I would I would urge you to learn about you know what it would mean to build on blockchain and and to access that entire world and uh, think about new ways to structure incentives and think about new ways to access users and to make an impact um, whereas you know you you may have the traditional experience uh, but this is where uh, I think there will be new opportunities right um, and as users there are lots of ways to kind of learn and get involved Obviously, as I mentioned, there, there will be a learning curve, um, but join some of these communities, whether it's just jumping onto Telegram or uh, following us on Twitter or jumping into our Discord, um, whether it's Harmony or any of the other projects, right? There's so many ways to uh, learn and get in and everything basically is open source. I don't just mean the code, I mean the knowledge base, right? And you can... If you spend enough time on the internet, you can basically learn almost everything you need about uh, blockchain itself. Uh, whether it's you know everything is a white paper, there are no proprietary business plans in this space, and so that's the beauty of uh, that's the beauty of it is that we can welcome so many more people um, by by making everything available to anyone. Amazing, um, and I will put all the links to the channels to the website in the show notes below. And then finally, if anyone wants to get, on, get in contact with you, um, how can they reach you? 
Yeah, so I'm very um, easy to reach on Twitter. <laughs> so you can put my Twitter handle. Uh, that's probably the that's probably the easiest way, right? And I, I would encourage anyone to uh, kind of follow some of the some of the blockchain people on Twitter just to learn what the conversation is, what it's about, uh, and just start, right? There's no easy way, but just to do it. Awesome. Well, uh, Lee, thank you so much uh, for joining this episode. It was super knowledgeable. Um, you know, I I would be I'd call myself a crypto enthusiast, but I think definitely speaking to people like yourself and others is always enlightening, and you always learn something new. And so, I, I definitely encourage everyone to to do the same if they ha- even have the slightest inkling of wanting to learn anything about it. Just open up your browser and just start typing away. Um, and Harmony is definitely one of those companies that I've I've been following for quite some time. I even, you know, I met Stephen myself and a few years ago and he was very gung-ho and excited about this. And I'm really glad to see it's it really it's starting to get legs now and really starting to make moves. Um, so with that, uh, Lee, thank you so much for joining the episode and uh, hopefully you can come back for a round two, um, you know, next time and we can talk about uh, how Harmony is doing. Yeah, Barry, thank you for the opportunity and uh, great to share with your audience today.